Hey, Travis. What? Sorry, didn't mean to rub you the wrong way. It's Schmanners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Are you a little tense? Yes. Uh, kind of always. Well, that's true. But uh, especially right now, we're we're mid midway through the throes of, of potty training. That's yes. a whole thing in itself. We're getting ready to travel this weekend. We're going to PodCon, mm-hmm. which, by the way, PodCon.com, you can sign up for um, uh, for remote access, which means for 40 bucks in a couple of weeks, you'll get recordings, uh, I believe audio recordings, of all of the panels and shows and stuff. So if you want to check that out, go to PodCon.com. Um, and, you know, just a lot going on. Adulthood, bills, house, adulthood. And, you know... When I'm tense, Mm -hmm. do you know what I like to do? What is it? Well, a lot of things. Nap, (laughs) um, have some bourbon, but also a massage. I do enjoy a massage. I um, pretty much all my life have two manifestations of my anxiety. The first one is stomach issues. Mm -hmm. And the second one is muscle tension. Yeah. Um, I think that probably up until we got married... I could not be the recipient of either pedicures or foot massages because my feet were such a center of tension that it was physically painful for people to touch them. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis, by means of exposure, did break me of that. It, uh, that that sounds <laughs> terrible. It was just that I started very gentle foot massage and over time relaxed your feet. Yes. And now you can stand that. Now I can stand it and do enjoy when Travis gives me a foot massage. Well, so. I'm, I'm the best. Thank you. Um. So tell me, we're going to talk, I don't know if it's clear we're talking about massage. <laughs> this wasn't just like a weird tangent. Um, what's the best massage you've ever gotten? Do you remember? Oh, hmm. Teresa and I tend to get couples massages a lot, which is nice. Do you remember when we took our baby moon in Ojai? Uh huh. That was a really yeah, your great prenatal massage. massage or yes, yeah. um, that was a massage where, uh, yes, it was pre prenatal. So they don't usually like you to lay flat on your stomach, and they do a kind of side laying massage with like a pillow between your legs fantastic did love uh last year on the joko cruise uh our massage was pretty good and what i really liked about it the massage was great but also we were on the ocean at the time Mm -hmm. so you had like this kind of natural rocking with the waves plus the massage was i fell asleep it was great (laughs) okay so enough farting around tell me more uh, well, tell me anything about like the history and the you know passage of time and such. Okay, well, so way back as far as twenty seven hundred BCE. That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. Um, there was a book uh, well known to uh, Chinese medicine called "The Yellow Emperor's Classic Book of Internal Medicine," 
which highlighted massage as a healing technique um, alongside things like acupuncture, acupressure, and herbology. Okay. You know, I was about to make commentaries on effectiveness, but this isn't Sawbones, so cool. Sounds good. Surely isn't. Um, And really, it's it's been part of, like, human healing... Uh, as long as there have been healers in society, so even uh, just a, a little less way back, 2500 BCE, um, we have found Egyptian tomb paintings that show massage therapy as part of their medical tradition as well. Um, that doesn't surprise me at all. You know, because yeah. when you think about it, like, I don't, I don't know that it's a huge logical leap that, like, if you are the type of person who likes to be touched and likes to be massaged, that like it's relaxing. Like, I don't think it takes much trial and error to figure out like my shoulders hurt. And then somebody's like, Oh, they do. And starts rubbing them. And it's like, okay, it feels better now. And it feels almost intrinsic. Like when something, when I perceive that, that BB is upset or hurt, I might rub her back right, or rub her her hand or something like that. Yeah. It, it feels very, it feels like a kind of caring touch type deal um, that I know that, you know, she, I can obviously see that she enjoys. And I think in a time where there wasn't a lot of other kind of medicinal things, there, de- there definitely weren't like pain relievers. Um, At least not like we think of now. Not like we think of now. Maybe, I mean, I think I heard on Sawbones about willow bark being like aspirin. But anyway, this isn't Sawbones, this so isn't we don't sawbones. need to know about that. <laughs> uh, it's a way to kind of see immediate relief, right. immediate help. Um, yeah, and feel immediate and too. It's like feel. you might take internal medicine and like, is it working? Is it? But if someone's r- like rubbing your shoulders, like you can feel that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and it, it feels like somebody's doing something. It surely does. Um. And so once the Egyptians kind of spread this around, the Greeks and Romans also took that in stride. Um, it but- doesn't surprise me at all that those fools like to rob each other. Mm-hmm. That seems very Greco-Roman, doesn't it? Sure does. Yeah. Um, but then... With, with oils and such. From the other side of, of the continent, um, 1500, 500 BC, in, way in there... Um, Massage therapy traditions are found in Ayurvedic medicine. Okay. Um, so even like the Sanskrit word translates to life health or life science. Okay. So which I it's think kind is of pretty cool. Very much like everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. And probably doing it their own different way with their own different terminology. You know, that's why you have the Swedish massage. I was about to get to that, but first let's stop in the Greek. Okay. Um, <laughs> Hippocrates. I just stopped the car. Oh, thanks. Okay. Hippocrates in the 5th century um, prescribed friction to treat physical injuries and probably, I mean... Probably I, not I, like... I can't believe you just casually said that word. Like, oh, fr- Ugh. I what? know it's not dirty, but if it, the word friction... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm 10 years old, but it makes me giggle. Friction. Okay. Which wasn't... Okay. And the reason why he prescribed friction is it wasn't actually like tissue massage. It was more kind of like... like the heat? No, it was more like just 
rubbing. You know how like there's, <laughs> come on, there's a difference between if I ask for, can I have a back rub uh-huh. and can I have a back massage where massage feels more like, like the underneath kind of like manipulating the muscles mm-hmm. and a back rub to me feels more like, more like the skin. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. And, and so I think that that's the, that's the, what is that? The separation that Hippocrates is the distinction. Mentioned. Distinction. Yeah, that is the word I was thinking of. Took me a second too. Um, and then Galen as well in the first century BCE. Um, he was often a physician to the emperor, uh, emperors, many emperors, um, and began using massage therapy to treat physical injuries and diseases. Um. Probably not, but like we said, it feels good, at okay. least. When you say probably not, you mean probably ineffective. Probably ineffective. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But it does feel good. It's probably it soothing. Does, it does feel good. Um, Now we can move on to the Swedish. Okay. So here's the thing. We've been talking about BCE, and really there wasn't much, like, written down between then and like the 1700s it was kind of like, just it's kind of dark yeah it's kind of like the dark well no but like the dark ages are are encompassed within bce and yeah, the oh, 1700s so but like, like dim ages dark ages well kind of hazy ages. <laughs> sure okay within that spectrum um it was just i i'll never forget my hazy ages in college you know what i mean that was yeah. like, I think that was that supposed a to be a drug joke, but I'm not sure. I'm I mean, not it sure was, either. It wasn't, I would say it wasn't a joke, <laughs> but I meant it to be one. Was it close? Mm. Okay. All right. So what I'm, what I'm saying is people were getting and giving massages. Definitely. Probably. In their theater classes. <laughs> probably as part of uh, treating something. Um but there wasn't a lot of changing it up and there yeah. weren't really any kind of like schools or whatever. And I mean, the same goes for regular medicine. There really weren't like schools. Pretty much anyone who said they wanted to be a doctor could study under a doctor and become a, a doctor. I'm putting quotes around some of those words. That's doctor with a K. <laughs> the same thing goes for massage therapist. Okay. Um. But here we have, in the early 1800s, a Swedish doctor, gymnast, and educator called Per Henrik Ling developed a method of movement known as the Swedish movement system. And massage was like the foundation of this, Um, but it was also the way that... It's not just massage of the tissue. It's like manipulation uh-huh. of the joints and ligaments as well. So it's all kind of rolled up in that. Um, and Well, you shouldn't roll people up. Uh, and it was the Dutchman, Johann Georg Metzer, who defined the basic hand strokes of Swedish massage. Okay. So using this Swedish movement system, he was able to... Uh, kind of parcel out the different ways that Swedish massage is used today. Okay. 
Um, and that's usually practiced in the Western Hemisphere, as far as massage techniques go. And then there's also the Japanese massage practice of shiatsu. Okay. I recognize both of those. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's the one where someone stands on your back? Is that a thing? I I don't. Okay. No one's ever done that to me, but I'm pretty sure I've seen it in movies. Yeah, it's fine. I know I've seen it. There's, there's a form, and somebody tweeted at us and tell what it's called, a form where somebody, like, holds onto two bars above you and, mm-hmm. like, stands on your back and balances them, themselves with the bars and, like, uses their feet to rub your back. What is that? Okay, it's not important. Okay. Um, so this is where the point in history where the terms masseuse and masseur uh, become common vernacular for referring to a massage therapist. Yeah, real quick, before anybody tweets at us, those are the old time terms. Those yes. are not the accepted terms anymore. Massage yes. therapists do not like to be called masseuse or masseur or whatever. They are massage therapists. Uh, or if they have a preferred other title that's like on their business cards or whatever, go with that. But don't refer to people as masseuse or masseur. It ain't cool. Right. Because in the early 1900s in America, I mean, like I said, there weren't a lot of like, there weren't accredited schools in the same way that there weren't really schools for doctoring that started to came, come into it. And and the thing was, it began to be kind of um, convoluted as far as massage goes there was some magnetism put in there and like animal magnetism especially like the idea that to receive the benefits of massage you don't even have to touch someone kind of like hovering there's also uh another reason i've heard that those terms have gone out of fashion is there's also um there were people who used masseuse as also perhaps a uh, cover for sex work. Yes. Um, and and so it kind of gained a connotation that mm-hmm. massage therapists uh, want to distance themselves from. So now uh, massage therapist is the preferred term to use for that profession. Correct. Um, so we're all the way up into the 1930s now. And the thing about the 30s was we started to get into kind of like, instead of treating diseases, we're, it's moving on to general health promotion and rehabbing injuries. Yeah. So we're starting to, starting to move away from massage as internal medicine and more as massage as like wellness upkeep. Gotcha. Um, and... At this point in history, really even up to the 50s, you could find um, a massage therapist employed at public baths, beauty parlors, um, even some sort of like, you know, like YMCA's or equivalent community rec centers, um, salons, things like that. So it was is really prevalent, even though the... Um, the first established association didn't really come about until 1943. Okay. Which, at the time, was called the American Association of Masseuses and Masseurs. But, again, like you said, those words uh, have different connotations at this point in time. So, they are now called the American Massage Therapy Association. Okay. 
So, I mean, here's the thing. A lot like when um, being a medical doctor got kind of, you know, like the boards, right? You have to pass a board to be called a specific type of doctor. This is the time in history where this really started being something that you looked for in a massage therapist. Like licensed. Like licensing and accreditation and things like that. And I think that that has really helped distinguish between uh, the negative connotation of, quote, massage parlor and the positive wellness connotation of massage therapy. Got it. So this is the point where those two actually completely diverge and have close to what we have today. I also think, I imagine that when you talk about licensing and structure and everything, it also probably guarantees some kind of continuity of treatment. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to, if you move from Ohio to, you know, uh, to Washington State, and it's like you go to a massage therapist there and then a massage therapist there, you can expect a similar experience, mm-hmm. even if it's a different therapist, you know, rather than just like, well, this is the way I do it. Exactly. Okay. Well, let's talk some more and answer some questions. But first, how about a thank you note for our sponsors? Teresa, can I tell you something very exciting? I have not revealed to you before this moment. I was downtown in Cincinnati, driving around, going to hang out with some friends. And you know what I saw? A Warby Parker store. (gasps) I know. There's an actual store? Yes. It's, I'm sure a pop-up. I don't know how long it's going to be there, but I saw it, and I instantly was like knowing my son, Cincinnati, had grown up. My son, Cincinnati, <laughs> had grown up and was doing quite well for himself. Because here's the thing. I love Warby Parker. Um, and there's a ton of reasons. One, uh, stylish-looking glasses. Uh, two, affordable. Uh, before I found out about Warby Parker, I never owned prescription sunglasses before. And now I have two pairs because I'm constantly afraid. Basically, I got two pairs when we first went on the Joko cruise because I was sure BB was going to throw them overboard. <laughs> I don't know why she would do that, but she's kind of a bully. Um, but yeah, so Warby Parker glasses start at $95 and that includes prescription lenses with anti-glare and anti-scratching coatings. And this is my favorite part. I have a large head, so glasses do not necessarily Yes, fit. we've heard these stories, the the big head incident. Yes, the Macroids have the big heads. <laughs> and so what you can do with Warby Parker is you can get five pairs to try on at home. So you go through the website, you say, I like this one, this one, this one, this one, and this one. They send it to you, you try them on, and you're like, mm, this one's a little uncomfortable. Uh, oh, this one's perfect. And then you send back those try-on pairs, and then they send you the pair that you like. Like, the, the try-on process, completely free. It's amazing. It even comes with a prepaid return shipping label. So there's no obligation to buy. You can return all five pairs and say, no, thank you, none of those. And for every pair you buy, a pair is distributed to someone in need. It's incredible. So go to warbyparker.com slash schmanners to order your free try-ons today. And after you head to warbyparker.com slash schmanners and place your, place your home try-on order... Make sure to download the Warby Parker app from the iTunes App Store. I have it, and sometimes I just, like, look through it and dream. (laughs) Schmanners is also sponsored in part this week by Quip. Um, Quip is a really awesome company doing great things for teeth. They 
I want you to start your healthy routines and stick to them. Here's the thing. The electric toothbrush that Quip will, will get you is the slimmest, mm-hmm. most easily portable electric yes. toothbrush I've seen. And it, it's the size it's like the size of a, of regular, a regular toothbrush. toothbrush. Yeah. And I love how it has a built-in timer and it pulses every 30 seconds, so you can even parcel out when to switch in your mouth. You don't end up with just, like, one side being brushed for two minutes. And what I also like, I mean, this is going to sound so nerdy, but the the pulsing, the vibration, isn't, like, bone rattling. You know what I mean? Right. I've used some electric toothbrushes before where it's, like, a jackhammer. And this is, like, as much as you need, no more. It, and it doesn't feel like a challenge you're doing to yourself. I... Enjoy brushing my teeth now. There, I said it. I also enjoy their toothpaste. Yes. It I is love it. not aggressively minty. It doesn't require rinsing. Um, so you can keep tasting it if you like it. I think what people are gonna gather from this ad is Teresa and I with like moderation. Right down. We a little do. minty, not too much minty, little vibration, not, not too, too much, much vibration. vibration. It's perfect. If you're moderate like us <laughs> And with Quip, you can get brush heads automatically delivered on a dentist's recommended schedule of every three months for just $5. Um, I don't know about you, but before we tried Quip, I probably did not change my toothbrush every three months. No. Yeah. Prob- no, because no one ever, I don't know how long three months is. You know what I mean? Like maybe three months like, will pass and I'm like, oh, I think it's been two weeks. Maybe like six months because I would go to the dentist and get a new toothbrush mm-hmm. and that would be exciting. But. It's always exciting to go to the dentist. <laughs> but you can get yours delivered. Um, and then and Quip starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash schmanners right now, you can get that first refill pack for free. So that's your first repil- refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash schmanners. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the odd couple. <laughs> Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My Uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. <laughs> a new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for Maximum Fun. Hey, it's Jesse, the host of Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. I'm coming to Portland, Oregon. We're going to be doing a very special live episode of Bullseye my NPR interview show. It's taking place Friday, February 15th at Revolution Hall. What are you going to see if you go to Portland, Oregon to see this show? You will see me live on stage talking with folks like Corin Tucker from Slater Kinney, director Lance Bangs, writer Bill Oakley, Simpsons legend. Uh, We will also have live music from Roseblood and live comedy from Katie Wen. It's going to be a blast and a half. It's also part of a big podcast festival called Listen Up Portland. Tons of other great podcasts are playing at it, too. Our pals, the Doughboys, among others. So, again, that's Friday, February 15th at Revolution Hall in Portland, Oregon, 7 p.m. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at listenupportland.com. And thanks. Thanks. 
Okay, this first question comes from Jennifer. How do you convey politely that you don't want to chat during your massage? I can't imagine why anyone would want to make small talk, but a lot of therapists seem to think I do. Well, so I I read several accounts that had actual physical therapist quotes in them. And someone one of them said that most massages do start out with a little bit of of small talk but a you know a good massage therapist can tell when you want to kind of close that off if you find that they're not taking the hint I think it's perfectly acceptable to say do you mind if I just rest for a while yep perfect that's also great because that is an I statement. Do you mind if I rest instead of would you mind not talking? Exactly. Because then that makes that about them instead of about you. Um, I would also say that a lot of times when you are about to start the experience, they'll say like, what are you looking for? Are there any problem areas? And I think that you could say something like, I'm just looking for a quiet, relaxing experience. Sounds great. Um, this is from Lev. If I don't like the lotion provided by the massage establishment, is it rude or too high maintenance to ask if I can bring my own? I have incredibly sensitive skin, and sometimes the lotion they use makes me itchy as heck. I do not think that this is a, uh, a too much of a request, especially if, you know, you really do need those products for your sensitive skin. Um, I would suggest that you bring it in its original packaging, not like in whatever bottle you have it in at home. It need should have its original packaging to make sure that, I, I don't know, maybe the massage therapist has an allergy or something. Yeah, and also sometimes like they won't, and I think this is perfectly fine, they wouldn't want to use products that they can't guarantee are safe to use. You exactly, know? exactly. For the massage therapist's health as well. So like... Bring it in its original bottle so that the ingredients can be listed and seen. Um, and, you know, always be super polite and nice about it. Explain your situation. Say, I have very sensitive skin. I was hoping to get a massage today. I brought this lotion for my therapist to use. I would like make one small addendum. Okay. Which is, if possible, schedule the appointment ahead of time and call ahead. Okay. And say, because... One, I think that's a good idea. It's always better to call ahead and make sure that that's something that they'll even allow. Because if you get there and they say, we won't use outside products, then you're there and you've wasted a trip. So one, it saves you that. Two, it lets them prepare. And three, it just makes it a little less awkward for you when you get there. Um, see, okay, Right, because so, it's a known situation now. Right. Perfect. This is the thing. Just kind of in general, this, the first time I went to get a massage, I psyched myself out in several different ways in such that I think whatever level of relaxation I would have gained from the massage was completely negated by all the things I worried about that I didn't need to. You know what I mean? Right. So anything you can do to help yourself relax into the experience, you should do. So like a little bit of planning ahead of time, calling ahead if you have special requests, that kind of thing. And we'll touch on that more and more as we go. Um, speaking of, this is one that is maybe was probably the most asked question. This is from Ashton. How nude is appropriate when you're asked to undress? Any unspoken expectation or rules? Um, everything that I have experienced and that I read 
was disrobed to your comfort level. Um, for example, if you are not comfortable with having your upper glutes massaged, the, the buttocks area, having full coverage underwear on sends that signal. I always keep on me undies. There it is. I'm not afraid to admit that is my comfort level. <laughs> That's your if comfort level. If there was level. a fire, I could run right out of there, not have to worry about it. And I'd be cold. But. <laughs> and you'll be draped the entire time. Um, and when, when somebody says that, you have to take them at their face value. If you would like to get completely nude for your massage, go for it. And no one's going to, there's no embarrassment because this is their job. Right. They do this all the time. This is one of the most important things to remember. Because another thing that I really psych myself out is I, I often get blemishes on my back. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing I would like worry about. It's, I mean, but then I remembered like this person has been doing this as a job forever. Like, and this is an experience I'm paying for. So as long as it's not, I'm, you know, infectious disease oozing out of my back or whatever, then like. It's probably going to be okay. You right. Know? And so that's the thing is, once again, like, your experience matters too. Um, and this is your experience. You know what I mean? So do what makes you comfortable as long as it's within the bounds of, of proper for the experience. And in, in that line, also, if you do have an injury that you would prefer not to have touched, make sure you tell the therapist beforehand um, and that is something that is grounds for refusal of a massage if the therapist is uncomfortable with your level of injury. Um, and that is, I, I, let me also just say this. If at any point in your experience you are uncomfortable, be it uh, discomfort from the massage or from some action the therapist is taking, say something. Right, like absolutely, uh, and I, because the first time I got a massage, they asked what level of pressure, and I was like, "I'm pretty tough, a 10. and it was so uncomfortable. And every time I was just about to say something, they'd move to like a different point. You know what I mean? And I wish, looking back, I could have said something, but I've never been in the position where the massage therapist has touched me in a way that made me uncomfortable. But if that happens to you, Stop it right there because that's not okay. And along those same lines, we've been talking a lot in terms of like professional massage therapy. Mm -hmm. We should also say in general, um, person to person, don't just give a massage to someone without asking. Yeah, consent is key. And two, if someone starts giving you a massage without asking, feel free to say, you know what? I'm not comfortable with you touching me without asking first because that's not relaxing. Okay. Um, speaking of, this is from Mara. How do you deal with social anxiety and not wanting to be touched, but you could really use a massage for pain relief? Um, I think that there, there are probably things that a therapist can do for you. Um, hot stones are, are sometimes used in different salons or whatever, spas. Um, hot towels can also be used. And then I mentioned the drape, which is just basically a, a, a sheet um, that's put over you. I have even had sometimes massage on top of the drape instead of underneath it. I think that's a, a perfectly reasonable request. That way there's a layer at least between the touching of skin. You may also want to like ease into the experience by maybe yeah. starting with like hand and arm massage or like just shoulders, you know, something where 
you're not getting undressed and they're not, you know, you don't feel exposed and maybe it's just a briefer, like, 15-minute thing. Mm-hmm. You often see those, uh, like, express spas in... They're like little kiosks. Right, in, like, airports and stuff. Like, maybe start with something like that and, and build up a tolerance to, like, okay, I can disassociate myself enough to think about this as an experience rather than the discomfort of being touched. And if there, if you truly cannot uh, make yourself be touched, there are massage machines. Mm -hmm. I know Travis got me a really nice one for uh, when I was pregnant. Uh, My lower back was quite tight, but I could not, I couldn't fathom getting a massage every week at that point in my life. So uh, I, he got me a massager that you kind of strap around your back and that doesn't have any physical touch as far as, you know, human to human goes. And there's always the chairs at Brookstone. Yeah. So um, let's see. This is from Josie. I've never gotten a massage before. How does one go about finding a good place to go? I would always suggest recommendations from yeah. your friends. Word of mouth. Word is. of mouth is the best. I mean, there's always like Groupon deals and stuff. Or, I mean, Yelp. Because I, I, one of the things I really like about Yelp is being able to look at interior photos. Mm-hmm. You know, because I would feel weird driving down, walking in the door, looking around going, nope, and walking back <laughs> out. But you can look at the Yelp photos and say like, okay, this looks nice. But yeah, I do think word of mouth or even like reviews on the place if we're talking about Yelp. Um, yeah, something like that. There's also ch- uh, chains. I think like Massage Envy is a chain. I believe so. Um, and so you might not get a special an experience as like a really unique spa, but you get more of a unified like. Uh, yeah, if you go to one yeah. in a different part of town or a different city, you'll pretty much get the same experience. Right. Um, this question is from Olivia. Do I tip a massage therapist? How much? Um, it varies by spa. Some spas or or therapy therapy centers do not allow tipping, but most of the time, the the standard uh, fifteen to twenty restaurant tip goes for them too. I would just add, like when you're signing in with uh, the front desk or whatever, I would say like, and is tip included in the price, right? Perfect. So then you know ahead of time, um, and and they might say like, oh, we don't accept tips, or like it is not, and then you know, right? And I would also suggest um, when you, I mean, we talked about earlier calling ahead and making an appointment you can ask then as well so you'll know if you need to give cash tips or if they can be added to whatever card you may use um this question is from saws as a person who's perceived as female i'm not i feel like i can't go for a full body massage without grossing the massage therapist out with my leg hair etc should i cave and shave stop giving a fluff about uh, opinions on my fluff or simply never get that massage that last option is out. out. You're going to get yourself a massage. <laughs> Here's the thing. I have leg hair. I have armpit hair. I have God knows chest hair and back hair and shoulder hair and neck hair. I'm old. And like, so like the thing is, is I think that to worry about grossing out a massage therapist whose job it is to like give massages to people. Like, I, I think yeah. you're worried this is the thing that we come up on this show a lot, which is in an effort to not bother someone else, you're bothering yourself way more than that thing would actually bother someone else. Exactly. You're you're compromising your experience from your own fear of what others perceive. So, like, I would say um, 
go as you are. Yeah. You know, and and the massage therapist certainly has seen someone more hairy than you. Probably me. Probably it was Travis. Probably me. It was probably Travis. Um, and unless you you have, like I said, you know, maybe an infection or some sort of skin opening injury, I'm I'm pretty sure that they won't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cause I have to think, I have never been a massage therapist, but you have to think at a certain point, like you're doing your job, but you're thinking about like grocery shopping. You have to, is that how everyone does their job? I, I think so. Right. Okay. One last question. This is from Kelsey. There is sometimes an option to request a male or female massage therapist. And I find that awkward to even answer the question. Uh, even when the answer to the question is, doesn't matter to me. So this is something I also have encountered and in my experience I'm more worried about the massage therapist's feelings than I am about mine like Mm -hmm. we said and sometimes I'll just ask for a female because I feel like they will be more comfortable with me but in reality it it doesn't really matter to me either yeah this is another thing where the first couple times that I went I, I was worried that whatever answer I gave would reveal something about me to the that I didn't want or what I don't know mm-hmm. uh, it was that was bullcorn because um, the thing is is once again there have been fifty other people that have come in that day and fifty other people that will come in that day after you I'm like that that person at the front desk isn't gonna remember you doesn't care what you answer like that I, I don't think the answer reflects on you at all so much as like. It's yours to answer. If you have a preference, it's there to make you more comfortable. If you don't have a preference, you could say it doesn't matter. And it's really, it's about. I would liken it to when you go to a restaurant and you have the choice of table or booth. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what it is. It's if you want either one, you can be seated at the one you prefer. Or I will choose for you and seat you where it's most convenient for me. But. Like, that's the thing. Answer what makes you comfortable because it's your experience to have. You know what I mean? Okay, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, let's see. A couple housekeeping things real quick. There's the Schmanners Hello My Dove, Hello My Dear t-shirt designed by Kate Leff that you can find at com. You can also find pins, too. Yes, Those are nice. Of the same design. They're so cute. Um, and while you're there, check out all the other stuff on McRoy merch. It's all great. Um, the McRoys are going to PodCon this weekend. Like I said, you can go to PodCon.com to find out information about that. Um, what else? Oh, uh, we're going on tour. Uh, I believe it's February 7th, 9th, and 10th. But you'll be able to find that information out at McElroy.family. Correct. Um, we're going to be in Birmingham on the 7th, and then we're in New Orleans on the uh, 9th and 10th. If you want to get tickets for that, like she said, McElroy.family. Um, and it's going to be My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and The Adventure Zone, and some combination of Schmanners and Sawbones opening for those. So check that out. Um, what else, Teresa? Well, we want to do our thank yous. So thank you to Brent Bruntlefloss Black for the for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. And you can uh, mess it. You can tweet at us at SchmannersCast. Um, thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for her photo that we use as the 
ban cover banner is that it sure. i don't know the cover picture for the fan run facebook group which you should join called schmanners fanners and that's going to do it for us so join us again next weekend no rsvp required why did i say weekend i don't know anyways you've been listening to schmanners <laughs> manner schmanners get it MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.